Welcome to Present Company, the Netflix podcast that brings you dynamic conversations with exceptional people behind your favorite series, films, documentaries, and specials. I'm your host, Krista Smith. For years, I was Vanity Fair's ambassador to Hollywood, interviewing countless actors as well as creatives and authorities across the spectrum. My passion is talent, any form of it. How do you know you have it? How do you cultivate it? How do you protect it? And also, I want to get to the heart of what drives it. On this podcast, I'll be talking to people in Hollywood and far beyond. Thank you for joining me. My guest today is Julia Garner, who with her powerful on-screen presence, singular focus, and ethereal beauty has captivated audiences as the tough yet vulnerable Ruth Langmore in Ozark. She's received both a SAG and Emmy nomination for her remarkable performance. In this conversation, we're going to talk about everything from her upbringing in New York City to her onset process and her love of fashion. You just turned 25, correct? Yes. Did that feel like a significant milestone at all? No and yes. Unless if I'm like talking to somebody who's like 16 or even 20 or 19. Mm -hmm. Like not that I feel so much older. I'm never the type of person who's like going to be calling like a 16 year old like, hey, kid, that's a great like I think that's very kind of dismissive. But uh, a lot happens in six years. A lot happens even in two years. So uh i i guess i guess so i don't know i feel like a quarter century mark at least for me was a super significant mark because i feel like and you can ask this like you can ask the most famous person on the planet and their like their life can be so full whatever they are a scientist a movie star athlete Anything. but but you say to them you know who was your first kiss or who was your crush in high school? And they remember the name. You remember everything so much yes. and the, because the experiences are all one, firsts. And then when right. you get to 25, I felt like a lot of the experiences then repeated. Yes, yes, they repeated themselves. All right. Well, let's take it back to the beginning. Uh, we don't have to go that far because you are young. <laughs> uh, but you were a New York City kid. You grew up, right, in, yes. in New York. Um, you're the child of artists. Mm -hmm. Your mother was a comedian turned therapist, which I love probably. Yes, I know. (laughs) Makes her a great therapist, I would imagine. yeah. Yes. She's very funny, my mom. But what was that like growing up in that house? What it would And my dad's an art teacher too. Oh wow. So you Yes. Yes. So like a therapist like slat used to be on the Israeli SNL comedian and then my dad is an artist art teacher. It's like (laughs) It's like, yeah, no wonder I'm an actor, I guess, right? It was, I mean, I grew up in a really open household. You know, it was kind of one of those, which I appreciate now looking back. It was one of those households that, like, if there was a problem, it would not be a 20-minute discussion. It would be a two-hour discussion or a three-hour discussion. And I'm really happy that I had that. I feel like I understand psychology better because my father is a teacher and my mother is a therapist in a way. And um, and I was very lucky because they 
love movies and they love art. I grew up watching Turner Classic movies at such a young age. That was like my favorite channel. So for for Turner Classics, obviously it's the golden era of Hollywood a yeah. lot, the film Well, war. now I feel like now when I watch Turner Classic movies, it's so weird. Now they're putting like 80s movies and movies from the 90s. I'm like, guys, what's going on? There's no more like His Girl Friday on. Yeah. <laughs> and like Betty Davis, Davis Betty now Davis. Voyager. I know, yes. Yeah, there's no more Clark Gable on. I'm like, what's going on? Wow. You've said before that you were shy, basically, which kind of led you into acting. But do you think that you always had that? I mean, I've I've always loved film. Uh, I mean, but then again, I should have had been like, oh, I I mean, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, of course I'm an actor. Like when Netflix came out, when they still had those DVDs, like when it was new, I used to (laughs) the first thing I got on Netflix, I was like 11 or 10 years old. It was Taxi Driver, and I watched it on my computer in my bed with my headphones when I was, like, 11 years old, which is weird for an 11-year-old, which is like, oh, okay, no wonder I'm in – like, that's weird, but – um. You're porous, I could tell. You're emotionally, you're very porous, so you absorb that, I'm sure. Like, when you were growing up and you were thinking about an act, being an actor, obviously you went on some auditions and... Uh... Well, when I was a kid, I was very shy. I didn't have a lot of confidence because I just felt like whatever I said sounded dumb, to be really honest. I just thought I was not very smart. And I still I still have struggled with that in a way. But <laughs> but that's a different subject. But that's the plight of the human condition. Yeah, I yeah. And but for me, I remember doing like school plays. And one of the first things that I did was the first big part that I've ever gotten. I was like eight or nine years old. And I played Glinda in The Wizard of Oz. And I I really wanted to sound like her and I would just like re I would just watch The Wizard of Oz. So I would be like, are you a good witch or a bad witch? And I would sound exactly like Glinda. I mean, this terrible Glinda impression. That's a really good one. Are you kidding? (laughs) But I but I have like videos of that exactly trying to, you know, sound like her for the school play. And and I remember just getting a laugh from the audience and loving that feeling. So I think I think it was in there. I just didn't really know it in a way. And um, and then there was another uh, play that I did when I was like six and they made all the, the, the kindergarten kids be little fairies. And I was at, I was begging the drama teacher to have a bigger part than the other kindergarten kids. So they're like, you can't have lines. I was like, fine, I'll just sing something. Just let me sing. So I so I got to sing. But So I was fighting a little bit mm-hmm. from a young mm-hmm. age. You had it in you. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever think to yourself, I want, I need to change something about myself? Did you have those emotions no. at all? No. Mm-mm. I, if, if things are meant to be, they're meant to be, in a way. Um, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm the type of person that if it doesn't go, then focus on the next thing. You know, one bus comes, one bus goes, I always mm-hmm. say. And, and, um, you know, I was lucky that the casting director, director Susan Shopmaker, she called my mom and she said, listen, she's not getting this, but I'm going to suggest a manager for her. And then from there on, it was, you know, a few months later, I got cast for Martha Mercy Me Marlene. Mm -hmm. And that was my first movie. Mm -hmm. When did you um, start to work with an acting coach? Did you, was that immediate or is that something that you Uh, evolved into? It was kind of a little bit, it was after Martha 
Um, I, it was a little after Martha or a year after Martha, I think, because to me, I, 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 I didn't have enough time to take acting classes anymore because I was doing school full time and I was doing the auditions and I would mainly like work in the summer. That was like the main thing. But I, I quickly saw that either people in my business went to a conservatory for four years. Like a Juilliard or Yale. Yes, or, or one Yale. Of those um, or they've been acting since they were four, five years old, which, <laughs> you know, I did not do. <laughs> I was acting for six months. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I need to make sure that I, I kind of can, I know what I'm doing and I can learn quickly in a way. So... And I just think it's great to have because, you know, writing, you you just write something and then you read your writing and then you're like, is it good or not? Or painting, you paint it and you're like, oh, let me see. Oh, maybe this needs that color. But acting, you need an audience in a way. You you it's you can't really you can correct yourself. But like it's very it's very difficult to you have to learn how to correct yourself in a way. If I watch something, I can correct myself and be objective. But that takes years, you know. Um, but there's certain things that most actors don't notice that they're doing. And then you have an, if you have a good acting, it's like a good, it's like a good therapist in a way. Like Mm -hmm. it takes, it takes a long time to, you, you have to connect with somebody and, um, they have to tell you what's good and things that you should keep and things that you shouldn't keep. One of the things that draws audiences into you, and especially in this character, Ruth, obviously it's, you know, the one you came to be known for. And uh, but she has such maturity and so much judgment and such a young person. And you have so much depth. Julia has so much depth. But I think people assume you're such a deep soul or tortured or you know oh, I'm have like this I'm, a, stuff. I'm a tortured artist you yeah. don't need to be a good art <laughs> you don't need to be a tortured artist and to be a good art whenever they people are like that I'm like no you just need to you know hit your mark right and memorize your lines and do your work it's not that I mean it's it's much more complicated with that than that but you know what I'm saying I know but that's yeah. why I love watching you on screen yeah. because I know that I'm this actually is... very normal you guys <laughs> Whoever's listening to this. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I I think for, yes, Ruth is very complicated. But I think the thing that was very important that I, I, I saw very early on from just reading the mock scenes that I got in the audition, it was very important that, you know, not the reminded the people, my scene partners, but reminded the audience that's something separate, that she's a child, that she had to have a childlike quality that it made it scary when she was going to do something unpredictable because she was very smart. But also in a way when it's it's like a I don't want to say like a doll, but you know, when you see a doll on the street, you don't really think anything about it. But then when you see a doll on a shelf and then you close the light and you're like, that's scary. It's because there's something so familiar and Mm -hmm. things that are really scary can be very, uh, that's things that are familiar can be very scary. That's why people watch TV. Even if it's the darkest show, they want to, they want to feel something in a way. So I felt like 
that was very important for Ruth to have that childlike quality. That's why she has that, even that watch, just as something as simple as a cat watch. That's going to make it, but then she's going to be like, I'm kill, I'm going to kill you with my cat watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of, it's and any, purse. any, yeah. And, and I feel, that's how I feel about any art, any really, any good art is like a contradiction. You know, it's like, She's gonna kill someone, but then she has that kitty cat watch, and that or 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 uh, any art is a contradiction in a way. It's like, and that's and any good art because that's that's what's gonna make you think. It's interesting about Ozark, and I talked to Jason about this too. Is the entry point for for viewers like where where do you come from could you be laura and jason could you be them and marty and and wendy oh my god you made one wrong bad decision but you feel like they're kind of the architects of their own misery right whereas with ruth everybody on the show has an identity problem (laughs) that's really what the show is about it's no but that's really what it is it's it's everybody has uh an identity crisis in a way and I think that's why the show is so chaotic, because when you have a lack of an identity, that's where problems really anybody. That's when you start having problems. Uh, but everybody on the show is is losing their identity in a way. For Ruth, we are obsessed because she's a product of her environment. So it's like this happened to her and how is she going to deal with it? The one thing that is very similar with all the characters that I picked in my career is that I, I and I and I like picking this with people too. It's a sense of curiosity because a person doesn't have even have to be so well educated, but if they have a sense of curiosity, then they're willing to learn. Or they, Ruth has such a a deep curiosity about things that it makes it hopeful, and then it makes you want to watch. You know, that's what's that I love about Ruth. So. Um, but because of that curiosity, I think she struggles with whether she wants to be a Langmore and still be in the Langmore life or, you know, struggling because she also wants to be a bird and she wants to move up and she's curious a life outside of mm-hmm. the Langmores in a way. That's her whole thing. What have you learned about her over the course of two seasons? And now I know you guys are in the middle of doing the third, right? Mm-hmm. Right now. I think what I learned in the middle of shooting it, Ruth is the type of person who is very, I mean, that was obvious when I first read it, but very impulsive, meaning that she acts on it and then she thinks about it rather than thinking about it and and acting on it. And I think she's starting to realize it because she was never the type who easily got manipulated she was always the one who manipulated other people. But ever since Marty came in, kind of, she, I think she's realizing that, not that she's like, oh, wow, maybe I'm not that smart, but um, maybe I should s- stop and think about things rather than just acting on it and then thinking about it. I had read in a couple of other interviews that you had done, you talk about the character Shame. Yes. What do you think Ruth's shame is? Shame about being Langmore. I think she's shamed about a lot of things. I think she's shamed about being a Langmore. I think she has shame in a way. She, with people, like, she she knows that people don't really like her in a weird way, and she's ashamed about it because she doesn't really know how to behave. She's kind of awkward in that mm-hmm. way. 
uh, she's even ashamed about, she knows how to be with men more than women. She doesn't really trust women because she d- wasn't ever around women. She was only around men. So mm-hmm. I think she's, she's, she's ashamed about that, that she doesn't know how to be like a girl's girl in a way. I think, yes, she walks around with shame. Mm-hmm. And then that's why she behaves the way she behaves. That's why she acts out because shame and blame. So she feels ashamed about something and then she starts blaming everybody else. Okay, I know, obviously, there's so many intense scenes. I mean, the season two is deliciously dark and surprising and funny. Yes. Uh, And I think about when I knew I was going to actually get to meet you, which I was so excited because we'd only talked on the phone uh, before. But what was the most fun you had? Because I feel like some of the stuff you got to do this season must have been kind of fun. It's fun for... it's. It's fun when you're reading it and you're like, this is going to be great for an actor piece or whatever. But then when you're like actually in the middle of doing it and you're like crying in a corner, just like, and you're like, okay, rolling action. And you're like, "Ah!" it's like not fun. But then you're looking back, you're like, oh, that was so much fun. Um, (laughs) uh, No. Um, But it's just thinking about awful things in order to get a certain emotion out. It's terrible. Um, that's, That's really an actor's life. Everybody on the on the Ozark production, from crew to Jason Bateman to Chris Mundy, or showrunner, every, everyone, and all of the actors, it they're so wonderful, and they're not only so good at their. Um, everybody's like it's a well-oiled machine. They're, everybody's so good at their job, but they're also just really nice people. And when you're doing such a hard show like this like what I was saying, like crying in a corner and then, you know, doing the scene, which isn't always, that's most of the time it's not always nice. It's everybody's so wonderful. So it makes the job easier in a way. Mm -hmm. And then we can all laugh about me crying (laughs) in a corner or just something like that because it's, it's hard. It's a really hard job. So that's my favorite part about working on the show is, you know, I go on other shows and everywhere else is really, I've never... I was very lucky. I know a lot of actors who've had horror stories on sets, and I've I've never had that. I've always had a good experience. But Ozark's on a whole other level. It's like going back, and it's like, ah, this is really like family. And it's just a it's a light set, but it's a heavy story, and that's really important, especially shooting stuff like this. You know, for six months. Right. And you've said you've called Jason a mentor, and obviously. Uh, he's just a delight to be around yeah, anyway. I'm sure you know. Yeah, yes. he's a great he's he's just and he's so focused and passionate about what he does and all of that. Obviously he's he doesn't take any of it for granted. But what's one of the things that you think that you could actually attribute to him that you learned from him? Uh, many things, but I think the thing that always stands out to me is he's such a leader, but he leads in such a smart and classy way that he even if he's having a bad day nobody's gonna really ever know because he has a whole production and a whole crew to lead he's putting other people like he's he's not putting his drama on other people Mm -hmm. in a way Mm -hmm. yeah no it's great I mean the fact that you hang with Laura Linney another journey woman and in this Yes. Career. And Janet McTeer is And amazing. Janet McTeer. I know. I love the way this season was all about the and ladies. Lisa Emery, who's yeah. an amazing theater actress in New York, yeah. and just talk about, like, crazy women on the show. <laughs> no, and Ruth. Um, no, it's 
God, I mean, what actresses? I can go on about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Just sometimes I don't even need, it's one of those things that I don't even need to ask questions. They just talk and you just learn so much from it. What's one of your favorite things to do on the set in the downtime? Do you guys have like card games or do you watch things together? Do you do well, any kind of activities? depending on how much time. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes you can wait a long time on set. If I have a lot of time and I don't have such a heavy day, I sometimes just, it's, it, they're so nice on set. They just let you sit in village and they're not weird about it. Like you can just learn so much and just watch. I like sitting at Video Village. And so for our listeners, Video Village is that Video area. Video Village yeah. is an area where like everybody uh, watches what's going to You get your be. headphones. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Look the, the look at the thing and... Um, screen and whatnot. It's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And it just... And to me, I kind of see what the crew thinks. And I always... You know, the crew to me is so important for many reasons. And I love the crew on Ozark. They're so good at their job. But also... To me, if the crew doesn't like my performance, that to me is bad because they're the first audience before the actual audience. They're seeing everything for the first time and they see everything like 5,000. I mean, you do the scene 5,000. So it's like the fact if they're like, oh, that was a good job. I'm like, wow, okay, good. They saw that 10 times and they were not bored, (laughs) you know, because I did it or how many times I did it in a way. So if they're saying that's good, that means that it was good. This year, okay, you got uh, Emmy nomination. It, I right? can't honestly. When people say that to me, I still don't believe it. It's like I can't wrap my head around it. But thank well, it's you. pretty exciting. It's like SAG. So from my my perspective, I'm looking at this. We have a Mew Mew campaign. You did. You did a Kate Spade. You said for front row at Tom Ford. You went to the Met Ball. Right. Yeah. These are big, giant, especially in the world of editorial, coming from magazines right. like they did from Vanity, Vanity Fair. Fair. I look at it, and we'd be like, Oh, look. She's... It's also fashion magazine too. It's yeah. not just scandals and actors, <laughs> right? And you have you have that thing, whatever it is. It's non tangible. Obviously, it's talent, and it's and it's a successful television show that that the public is responding to. But you have that kind of it status, and I'm just curious for from your perspective, what's been kind of the funniest takeaway from being in that, living in that fashion world a little bit, sitting in front row at a, at a fashion show, doing a campaign, doing a calendar, uh, going to the Met Ball? I mean, these are the bucket list kind of uh, well, events. I've always I've always loved clothes since <laughs> I was a little girl. So like, it's, it's also like a form of acting in a way, but it's playing with clothes. You're acting out the clothes in, in campaigns. Um, except you're not memorizing lines and crying in a corner by by yourself. Actually, funny enough, the thing about the Met Ball, I felt like I don't, I'm going to be really honest, I really don't like doing red carpets. It's a lot of anxiety and um, it's just, it's stressful. Is it the name? Is it them screaming your name for the picture? Yeah, it's just or, like not natural. Like, yeah. look where we are right now. We're just having a normal conversation. And then if you leave, they're like, oh my God, turn around, turn around, turn around. You're like, oh, uh. But the thing about the Met Ball, it was kind of, as weird as it sounds, it was kind of easier in a way because it's wearing a costume almost. And you're really just, you're like, okay, well, my, I, I you know, Zach, I was wearing Zach Posen, who's amazing. And he's like, he's just adorable. He's the best person. But So feminine too, his lines. Oh, are really he knows how to yeah. design for women, which is very rare now. I mean, just 
beautiful gowns and and he we both were like it's a let's do a Zegfeld girl you know uh so I kind of was just looking at Zegfeld Zegfeld girl pictures mm-hmm. and how they move and and I was kind of back to TCM that. and the good old yeah era. the golden yeah. age so that was fun so I just was kind of uh practicing when we would have fittings I would practice moving you know with him with the dress and everything so it was more of a perform it was actually easier because it was more of a performance it wasn't even me in a way so mm-hmm. you're like a vehicle for the dress yes, it's like a char- yes, its own character yes yes so and then when you when you're on the red carpet for anything else you're like oh this is me in a fancy dress <laughs> rather than being a Zegfeld girl in a yeah, yeah. and I guess and, that yeah, yeah draws yeah. upon an era of of stuff. Yeah, yes. no, I get that. It's yes. like adds another fun element to it. Yes, yes, and then you don't think about all the you know, you know, best dress list. You're like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, I feel, or at least I hope. So I don't want to lead the lead the witness here, but I'm so curious about young Hollywood now, like your generation of actresses. If it feels like there's been any kind of significant change, even though, you know, you started when you were, you were 16 and now you're oh, 25. But I, see, I, I, yes, there has been. And I even see it with, you know, if I meet kids who are 16 years old and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't have Snapchat. Like I, like, you know, yeah. like, just like, oh, we didn't even have Instagram when I was in high school. Yeah. You know, we had Facebook still, which now Facebook, if you talk to a 17 year old they're like my grandma has facebook (laughs) and i'm like okay so i'm your grandma um but i feel like more i mean it took me for it took forever for me to get i don't want a twitter i don't want answer i hate i mean i have an instagram but it took forever for me to get an instagram um and that's the only thing that i have but i feel like it's very easy nowadays because of the internet and everything is in your face every five minutes. It's very easy to, as an actor, it's very easy to be uh, distracted now. And to, in the end of the day, everything is about the work. I mean, in order to do a good job, the job that you want to do in your mind, it, you have to be laser beam focused. That's how I am, at least. If I, you know, I always imagine how a scene is going to go. And if I am doing the scene, if it's not going the way that I'm imagining it, I want to do it again to the point where how I imagined it. But that takes a lot of focus. And I feel like nowadays a lot of people, they might do that, they're more worried. They're not doing it for themselves. They're more worried about what are the other people going to think about how I'm doing in this scene rather than, no, this is how I want it. This is how I want to do it because this is going to be the best way for the character rather than for the whole world in a way. You have to think about the character, not about how other people see the character. I never read reviews. I've read maybe three reviews in my whole career. I've, and the only reason why, why I've read three was because people, I've had multiple people send me, you got to read this review. It's great. And it was for, oh, but I'm like, no. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I've had 10 people send me the same review. <laughs> I think maybe I have to read it. But that was it. All right. What are you eating these days? What am I eating? Uh, the, everything. <laughs> You're trying to cut out gluten? Yeah. I don't do well with bread. 
Really? Now you're so you're just finding that out as no, a bit tired I, or I, I, I've never done well with it, but of course spread's delicious. Pizza? Course, you grew pizza, up in New York? Hello. Grew up in New York, or it's just it can be as simple as like a baguette bread with olive oil on a table. Like how can you know? But um butter or whatever. Um yeah, I, I'm it's just I don't feel good when I it's interesting, like I'll have it for a while and then I'm like, okay, I'm fine, but then when I don't have it for a while, then I'll have a piece of bread and I'm like, I don't so I try not to eat bread and I try I try not to eat so much dairy because I also um but that's hard because I love cheese. But like in terms of milk, I try not to have milk in my coffee. I try to have almond milk because I get I kind of get like not acne, but I get like weird like those white bumps on the fo- and that's the thing I'm on I don't you know you want nice skin on screen so mm-hmm. I just I don't drink milk mm-hmm. um all right <laughs> but everything else I eat <laughs> what are we reading right now um it's kind of it's hard because I oh I have a really hard time and a lot of actors are like this but some aren't and I envy the ones who can just read a book on set I can't uh you know, because I have sometimes, you know, we just got the four last episodes, so I had to read all the four episodes. So, you know, when you're in the middle of shooting, you have to read the scripts or you have to, I like rereading the scripts. Um, but it's really hard when you're in the middle of shooting to just go to a book because I can't take a book on set in a way because uh, it's just like once I'm reading, I'm so in that world. Uh, I'm like, I'm not, I don't have ADD, but I'm very hyper-focused, which is almost a form of ADD. What are you watching? I'm, uh, I finished watching The Bodyguard, and it's, it's just, it's, even the first episode, the first 10 minutes were so good. So, that, when, when I saw the first 10 minutes, I was like, oh, I'm in. Do you listen to music? I do. What are you listening to? Um... I guess it depends on, like, what, you know... What do you I'm use doing? it for acting sometimes? Do you use music to get you sometimes, into a scene? Sometimes, certain scenes. Like, I I mean, I've grown up listening to rap <laughs> my whole life, especially, like, 90s rap, the golden age of hip-hop and everything. That I listen to a, more, a lot when I'm doing Ozark because it's very Ruth music. But then I also, before I go to work, I like listen to, listening to, like, classical music just because, like, if I get up and I kind of want something, I'm like, wakes me up like a sound it's still calming in a way that i'm not but i don't listen to it on the car ride Mm -hmm. to uh for shooting because otherwise i'm gonna fall asleep and i'm it's a a 6 a.m call i'm already tired (laughs) (laughs) what's one article of ruth that you'd like to have in your own closet like fashion wise Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, that's that's rough. I... The Tupac shirt. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're right. I forgot that because She's of season some good t-shirts. one. Yeah, but she doesn't have it anymore. They didn't. They couldn't bring it back because some right. I don't know. That I would want, and then maybe. I mean, I'm not ever gonna wear it. But season three, there. I. It's funny. Nobody really noticed the cat watch until I said something, mm-hmm. and then people noticed the cat watch. But I added something in season three that. There is uh, people might not notice until I next season when I, you know, right, do we'll press have to for be season. on the lookout. For yeah, that. but it's it's different for her. It's it's uh, she, it, let me. It's like makes it like she's almost like not working. 
any like a washing dishes in a way. Okay. So all right, well, we'll gives be a on. little detail like that too. I yeah. love doing stuff like that. Yeah, putting in little little chestnuts along yeah, the way. Yeah, but I feel like you have to. do That's the difference between like with good acting or great act. You so many things is detail, and then it feels real. It's the detail is very important in acting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because season one you had the purse, mm-hmm. and two we have the watch. And three, we have a surprise. All right, that that's going to be fun. Yeah, to... and she's going to be in different clothes a little bit. It's, okay. Yeah. For Ruth this season, her whole thing is trying to be something that she's not. And she is kind of having an identity crisis without even noticing. And then towards the end of the season, she starts waking up. Well, this has been so fun getting yeah, to know you a little you. bit more. And can't wait to check in with you a year from now. Ozark is streaming now on Netflix. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you've been listening. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. Present Company is produced by Netflix and Gimlet Creative. Join me next time for more meaningful conversations here at Present Company. Present Company.